Hey, Steve. What? Why won't the window laugh? I don't know. Why won't the window laugh? Because it would crack up. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 146, and my name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host, as always. This week, we're here to talk about board games. I know, I skipped last week. I'm a bad, bad person. Uh, We were going to talk about Fortnite. We're going to do that again. It's going to be fine. But I didn't want to miss this awesome board game episode because I have two very special guests, two of the hosts of the Witch Game First podcast. I have uh, Celeste, not Carla, that's somebody from before. Uh, This is uh, Celeste DeAngelis and Joe Unfried. How are you two? Hi. I'm great tonight. How are you? I'm I'm doing kind of okay. I almost screwed up one of my guest names. It's faux pas, no, but good. we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. Forgive me. No, that's all right. We met literally get, 15 all minutes ago. Yeah, I get Leslie a lot. Leslie. Chelsea. Okay, we're gonna talk about. <laughs> let's put a pin in that because I want to know why. I mean, I want to know what kind of Starbucks level nonsense they get Leslie out of Celeste. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I guess that's somewhat possible. But we'll yeah. we'll talk about that. Um, and down the line, but before we go too much farther, folks, I do want to remind you, uh, EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. As I said this week, I'm, uh, the only member of the regular EFG crew that is here. Uh, I'm, I'd like to say that I'm a, a pillar of strength, but really I'm just the only guy who showed up, um, cause I hit the record button. Um, but I have two special guests. And I welcome you both. Um, so, but we also have our audience kind of hanging out. They're silent, but they're there. Um, not literally, but you know, it's the metaphorical there, there. And I do want to thank yeah. you folks for listening. Um, we hope the games that you've been playing have been great. We do want to make our podcast more interactive, so please feel free to reach out to us. The best way to do it is to send us a message on our Facebook page that you can get to at facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about board games this week. Um, specifically Yay. what we're talking about, yeah, right? I mean, who's not hype about board <laughs> games? We're right on the heels of Gen Con, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and we get like a very brief break before the fall just tumbles into itself with all sorts of other board game conventions, be they smaller ones. And I think ending with PAX Unplugged, is that the, is PAX Unplugged the end? It's November, so yeah, probably I mean, getting to the end of the season. Joe yeah. is headed out to PAX, and so is Ed. He's another one of our panelists. Oh yeah. All right. So we'll yeah. talk about that because I will also be there. Um, oh cool. I will be likely oh, uh, working at the Restorations Game Restoration Games booth because my understanding is they need someone to help uh, run a register while people charge them like crazy to take their Fireball Island from them. So I will be swiping cards on an iPad <laughs> for five hours straight for my two shows. Oh, wow. um, it's oh. going to be insane. Um, I'm going to wear, like, catcher's gear because I'm afraid that I'm going to get beat up. Um, so um, <laughs> on that note, so let's talk about let's talk a little bit about the podcast that you guys do. That's the main topic. So elevator pitch. For those of those folks that are still listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> what is y'all's podcast about? So other podcast, than board games. Yeah, well, <laughs> other than board games, not a lot. But well, some of them are card. 
Yeah, games? sure. If you want to count card, but it's like, it is all games analog. I know you do video. Yeah. And speaking of Fortnite, my son is totally into it right now. Is. Our son. Yeah. And uh, he is. I think he's playing it right now. He is. Sucking up some bandwidth. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hey. Making the. He's awake, so he's probably doing. <laughs> right. He's making the best of his uh, last week of summer yeah, before school time starts. There is before the. Um, yeah, before he goes back to how, school. How long ago did he get? Did he get like swept up in it? Was it the be- Is this like the summer of Fortnite for him? Or was funny he kind story. Of, yeah, I'm, I'd love to hear it. So, we're I'm interviewing folks at the CT Fig. Yeah. So the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. I was there. I was one of the judges. Oh, okay, great. So wow, we were great. there too, and we were interviewing, you know, some interesting people. Uh, um, one that I enjoyed a lot was. Um, uh, clear the decks, which yeah. uh, did make its Kickstarter. It yes, did this did. week, so congratulations to them. Congrats, and congrats uh, to Chris, I love that guy. He's a, he's a good dude. He is, and I I really enjoyed hearing about the um, evolution of that game as he right. designed it. So it happened. The fig happened to be at Kineticon, yep. and Kineticon is a bigger fandom convention. Yeah, the fig was inside, but in where the fig was in Kineticon. It was in the room with the video games. So it was yeah. in with the land for Fortnite. I was so very my son, hyped for that. Yeah, it was great. What a oh, fantastic so that's what attraction. Up. So, yeah, that was actually oh, really? Max's, uh, my son's first opportunity to actually play Fortnite. He had been bugging oh, wow. me about it for a long time. But I thought, uh, he's a little young, you know, um, so I didn't think to get it. He's nine. Okay. I have a nine-year-old, so I, too. Totally with you. We, yeah. we questioned it, too. Yeah, so but he learned how to play at the uh, Kineticon That's from awesome. the from the people who were there landing, and right. then he started teaching other people there. You know, by the end of the day. <laughs> so true. after that, you know, I saw how much he enjoyed it. I got to see it there, so I thought after that I'd get it for him, and he is enjoying it. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's free. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, with the battle pass, you know, it's like ten bucks, but that's. Ten dollars for a, a video game that you can play for an entire summer, somewhat negligible in price. Um, yeah. it, funny story, we had a similar kind of thing. I mean, I'm generally pro game, right? So like we play Overwatch, which is a you know a T-rated shooter in this house, mm-hmm. and you know it's basically like the Avengers. I don't know how familiar you guys are, but it's basically like yep. the Avengers. Um, and you know my older son is 12, and we let him play Destiny 2, which is a little darker, but like you're obviously shooting things that are like unquestionably evil so it's kind of like okay um you know you're saving mankind so it's fine but Fortnite, my wife really was kind of drawing the line on it because you're shooting other people <laughs> um and right so right she um and so and there was no like story or you know really anything you're just it's a battle yeah, royale no rational <laughs> yeah about yeah it. nope yeah. it's um and so she had you know she had her doubts and i was like i i I was like, you know what? If this is where she wants to draw the line in the sand, I'm going to follow orders, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, I refer to her as the general. I do what I'm told. <laughs> um, and so um, then we sent the boys off to Boy Scout camp. And so they came back, and they well, we saw them in the middle of the week, right? You go up in the middle of the week for a parents' night, and both of them were like, dude, this is miserable. Because all everybody's doing is talking about Fortnite. If this <laughs> is what school is going to – like, nobody's even heard of Overwatch. Like, it used to be that, like, okay, they don't play Call of Duty, but they play Overwatch, so that's close enough. Um, but, like, they were there, and they're like, nobody even has any interest in talking about Overwatch anymore. And right. so <laughs> – 
I was like, honey, listen, we can't send them into school without having any idea what over what Fortnite is. Let's just <laughs> buy the Battle Pass. We'll let them play it for the summer. And, you know, if they get crazy or if we're wor- worried about something, we can just take it away. I mean, it's it's a free game. I can delete it. And it's, you know, so we did it. And I can't say their behavior has gotten perfect. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they haven't, you know, as I suspected, they haven't gone completely insane. Um and for ten dollars for them to get, you know, however yeah. many hours of entertainment, I can't really, I can't really fault no. the game. And it's yeah. And, yeah, and now they are equipped to go back to school and have their own stories about how they almost got a victory royale and blah 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 blah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And they're really good at <laughs> it the dance. It is the language. Yeah, <laughs> yep, the they, they love the dancing. The da- who knew, right? Who knew that that was going to be, like, the cultural mark of this game? Is it, like, we're about to enter the NFL season. I guarantee you every Sunday we're going to see somebody play some dude doing a Fortnite dance. Like, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. a thing. Um, right. <laughs> so let's get yeah. – you know what? I am the queen of getting sidetracked, so oh, let me get this, back to your first question. Um, this is literally the... sidetracked, the podcast, so don't you worry about it. But, yeah, so let's talk about which game first. <laughs> Yeah, so which game first is a it's a light, quick review show, okay. uh, which which really plays to my strengths and also my interests. I got the guys together to do this podcast. Um, I, we've been friends a long time, gamers a long time, but for me, I'm a huge podcast fan in general. And there's lots of deep dives out there, longer shows. And what I enjoy a lot of times is sort of a light overview of something, and then I'll make a decision based on that whether I want to go deeper. Then I might pick up a different podcast to get that deep dive on that particular game. So what we do is light, fun overviews. We sit down together, play the game, and then we talk about our experience. So about playing that game, how we played it together, and then what the game is generally about. And we cover three games a week in our podcast so it's pretty quick in succession because our podcast is 30 to 40 minutes sure um and you know it's it's geared toward light and entertaining sure all right so and i think we're having a good and time we have, we have five that. adults talking about it so there's there's often levels of you know differing levels of how much we like something oh, of course uh, One of the things I, I really enjoy about it is that there are five different opinions, and oftentimes they're really talking about five different aspects of the game. So, you know, whereas Ed might be really into the strategic uh, aspects of the game or, you know, in love with uh, certain rules of the game, uh, Mike might be more interested in the overall design. I'm looking at the art and the um, and the immersion, sure. you know, and Joe is looking sort of at its historical place or its place in the world, sort of a global aspect and so forth. Evan Bernstein is with us, and he's a big uh, panelist on um, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which sure. is a huge science podcast. He's an old friend of ours, and you know, one day I just said, "Hey, Ev, let's let's put something together that's about games since we sure. love them so much." Sure. So. You get the five of you in a room, you play a bunch, mm-hmm. so you play a game, you record, you play a game, like, I'm, I'm worried, I'm curious, like, because I love <laughs> logistics, I should probably work at, like, UPS or something, um, except for the fact that I, I look terrible in brown, but, so, um, I look terrible in just about everything, but that's besides the point, so, the, um, so, the logistics of this, so you have five nerds that you put in a box, 
that is sure. otherwise known as a room. You play a game. Yeah. I, I yep. read your About Us page. You're definitely all nerds. Um, that's fine. <laughs> uh, we would, I would fit in great with you. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure you would. Yeah, I, I probably would. Um, so we've got you, – you all play a game, and then you talk about it? Or do you – like, how do you do this? Because getting five people in a room to play games is hard. Yeah, it is, except yeah. we, we benefit from a couple of things. We're local to each other. Sure. Um, the farthest one away, we're all in Connecticut except for Mikey, who has to take the train up from Manhattan or from Queens. So he, he takes the train, and we usually get together once a week, usually on Thursday nights. That's our game night. Sure. Um, and incidentally, for our Patreon supporters, we're going to start doing a Discord chat with our Ooh. supporters once a month. And that'll be on Thursday nights, probably. And we're hoping to get it done once a month. So um, that'll be when we're together, which will make it easier for us. Uh, But then we do play it. We do throw down a microphone on the table so that we can get snippets of actual gameplay, which we plug into the podcast. But the podcast is primarily uh, we then go sort of home, write our notes about it. And then we bring those notes to the recording, which is usually within a week or two of playing the game. Sure. Okay. And then we and then we chat about it. We chat it up. At the end, our uh, theme is you know sort of a light exploration theme, sure. where we kind yeah. of have an adventure music type of thing. Our little our little icon, our um, logo is a die with a pith helmet on sure. because we're game explorers. And so we at the end of each uh, game segment, we decide whether or not we want to dig up or bury the game. Meaning, do we leave it, you know, or do we find it, it treat it as a hidden treasure? Sure. So. It's a fun little thing, and I again, I love having five different opinions. And we're rarely unanimous. I mean, rarely, it happens, yeah. but not that often. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I have learned in the last lifetime is that it's hard to get a bunch of nerds to agree on anything, let alone a yeah. game. Um, yeah. But and I and in general, I mean that in you know, I think that's a great thing. Like a consensus, yeah. consensus when it comes to opinions about media is boring. Um, right. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, um, I like hearing Agreed. different opinions. So that sounds great. Agreed. Um, so one thing that yeah. I liked about it was like, uh, you know how I start to, I think we all start to develop, uh, uh, who we start to develop a not a sort of an instinct as to who, which reviewers we're going to like, like, let's say movie reviewers. Like I used to pick up, uh, the Chicago sun times cause they would usually Roger Ebert or something would usually have my opinion. Sure. So it's nice to sort of go to the to listen to our podcast, and maybe you lean you you tend to lean toward the way Joe thinks about games. So sure. you know, if Joe liked it, I'm probably going to like it. And as a listener, I think what's nice is we offer a bunch of different angles, and you can sort of develop an int- you know an instinct as to which reviewer is more like you in what you would enjoy in a game. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, I agree. That's a great thing. I mean. I, I, if you listen to enough review media, you're going to find those people that are you just doing the right. thing. Um, yeah. And it's it's a great feeling to find somebody that you can trust because you just know. Um, I have that with video games, and I have that with board games too. So um, it's great that you guys can provide in one half hour to 40-minute chunk, uh, you guys can provide five different voices. So that's a pretty good roll of the die. So somebody listening to your show – Hopefully they'll be be able to identify and agree with one of you and get used to that. Right. It's a great, um, you know, as opposed to you know some other shows that are just one or two people. You got five different 
um, informed, very different, yeah. Uh, yeah, informed and educated voices. Yeah. I think that's super rad. So, um, how long have you guys been? You doing You think it? it's rad? We think it's rad. Our editor, not so much. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, well no. yeah. Producers they, they, never think anything is rad. Uh, yeah. They just, you know. Sorry. It's just yeah. a very, it's a complicated they, they, cut for our editor. Oh, I'll but, bet. Uh, I'll that, bet. That's yeah. what I mean. It was just, it's a lot of voices. And yeah. we record, obviously, we stream. I'm not sure how your recording format goes, but we record uh, separate lines uh, locally. So he has to go through five different audio tracks and blend sure. them. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a handful for him, but I think it, he it's a beautiful cut every week so we're really happy with that and um, some people might actually have like favorite members of the cast if there's yeah know, of them. i we mean hope, it's, it's, so. it's it's like an ensemble of of character actors and some yeah uh we haven't been doing it that long we've we're only on like episode 23 and i think uh, less than that have been released already uh but uh you know Evan's a veteran, a 10-year veteran of podcasts. Um, I have some background with indie movies back before the kids were born and all that stuff. Uh, we kind of yeah. come from performance backgrounds. Um, and, of course, we ran uh, live action games together, um, which is highly performative. So I think we're all pretty comfortable yeah, in the format. Long and Mike's been editing shouldn't... for a long time. Oh, he has? Yeah. All right. So, well, I'm certainly not questioning experience. I can tell from oh, your no voices <laughs> that you guys uh, know your way around a microphone. Um, so, um, longtime fans of the show know that I have uh, have uh, LARPed myself. Ooh. Um, so, uh, what so LARPs have you? Where are you, by the I way? I am in Connecticut. You are. Um, I am oh, in Connecticut. I am in. So, which LARP? Uh, we must I, know it. Then. Well, you probably. I, I play Alliance. Alliance, which, which okay. Which was Nero Alliance, which was yeah. Nero, blah, blah, you know, all those you might know my, You might know my brother. I don't know when you started. He was in the early 90s. He played Nero. Um, probably not then. Um, I'm, uh, I am from the first few seasons post-Split, if you remember what that shenanigans was. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. So I came... Warping drama. We know yeah, that. Yeah, warping drama. Yeah. So I was... I, I'm one of like the w first wave that came because there was like a wave and I don't know why they, why it actually happened that way, but just, you know, a bunch of new chapters open, but I was part of the wave that mm -hmm. came in after the split. So, okay. um, I never knew what any of that drama was. And <laughs> truthfully, I didn't know that any of it happened until I started getting involved more, less casually, um, mm -hmm. you know, like three or four years later. And at that point it was, it was over. Um, except in the, you know, the hearts and minds of those who are deeply involved, <laughs> uh, yeah. financially and otherwise. Um, yeah. so I was just a different kind of nerd. Um, but I'm the GM of the former Connecticut chapter and, you know, I was oh, the, head, the head of national customer service for Alliance, actually full disclosure. I guess I have to say that, um, <laughs> but really the, by head of national customer service, I basically so am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't have any day-to-day -day responsibilities. It's great. Like uh -huh. whenever someone needs to write like an email to someone and be like, Hey, <coughs> um, they call me in and like, I help consult with owners on how to deal with different issues because I have a strong customer service background. That's my day job. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I'm very familiar with the LARPing community, and if something weird and shenanigans is happening, which, as you all know, happens all the time, um, if they don't know how often. to handle it, yeah. exactly. If they don't know how to handle it, they just throw up the bat signal, and I come in and help them, you know, do cri you know crisis management. But 
crisis because it's yeah a, yeah a few, they have a problem <laughs> yeah. with a person who's cheating or something which is like right. you know like in the local scale like it's a huge big deal but like you know oh. you know you know that you know how that goes of course yeah. So, yeah we actually had what we called them the official ombudsman and actually evan used to be our ombudsman ever oh, yeah. when we were running a uh, lion rampant i don't know if you know I'm it's a small with that name yes yeah. yeah. So was... Lion Rampant we used to run years ago, and uh, Evan was our ombudsman, and boy, oh boy, he's got some stories. Oh, man. <laughs> I suppose you, you could say that was an offshoot of Nero in, in a purely intellectual Well, uh, I don't know about that. You could say they, they, they sort of were all together at the beginning. Yeah. They were yeah. all sort of I – mean, came from the same place. I think just about every LARP in North America kind of owes its roots to, like, that beginning, and then there was a, a, a blossoming – and then a contraction, and then more blossoming, and now it's just bananas. Yeah. Which uh, I love. Which is great. The more, the merrier. Yeah, I mean, I've tried some of the other ones, and I mean, I now being that I run a you know a small business and I have three children, it is hard. Right. Um, yes. But tell me know, about it. I still have, sing it, brother. I still have my stuff in my car. Um, you know, so you know, because <laughs> I I played once in March. And I still leave. I left Great. my stuff like all folded up in my car neatly, so that I can pretend like at any time you can drop everything can and, drop go everything and go on a Saturday. And I'm sure that my wife would let me because she wants me to go away so she can have alone time. <laughs> um, but like you know, LARPing is expensive, and I'm old. <laughs> and all these both you know, of those things, yeah. Yeah. And the kids are they old enough? That's another thing. My kids Not aren't yet. quite old enough. Not yeah. Yet. That, so I, I suspect because uh, my oldest um, is 12. And most of the Alliance chapters that I am in are 18 plus. Mm, um, yeah. Oh, there okay. was a period of time where they were moving so down. Bought. They went to 16. Mm. Um, and then some of them were even considering going down to 14. Um, yeah. But. Oh. I know there are LARPs out there for 14. Oh, there absolutely are. And the yeah. main reason is I'm just familiar with the rule set. And it'd, it'd be an opportunity right. for me to go play with the people that I want to play with. Um, <laughs> but it just comes down to the issue that they, um, for insurance, it's crazy what you guys sure. know all that stuff about. Yeah. And um, yeah. a lot of the current crop of, you know, storytellers and things like that, and they all want to write stuff that is not, you know, they want to write more, you know, darker. Adult level yeah, stuff, grittier stuff. Yeah, so right. so rather than, you know, hey, there's these goblins in the woods, go stop them. So, they, you know, this just their flavor of stuff. So as a result, it skews things. But once my yep. kids are a little bit older, you know, I'll be dusting off the old boffer swords and shield I'm, and yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a healer now because I'm way too old. So come I'm, on now, come on. Uh, you listen. don't have any sword arm left. Oh, I'm the owner. No, see, I, I'm. It's, <laughs> we could go on for. Well, let's just do it. Let's just do this. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I really have only played one. I've, I have like a handful of characters, but it's basically I play one dude or I, or I, I uh, NPC. But my primary mm-hmm. character is a very aggressive healer and so Mm -hmm. i punch things every once in a while because i'm bored and i fight like low level stuff and i like to (laughs) wade in with the low level guys and help them out because if i am there i'll help the little guys that have never fought before and i make Uh, them virtually invincible because i am i am the immovable object um and you know that's like my isn't that fun though that's so rewarding it is great so rewarding helping the new player oh i totally love it and that's why i did it because i I spent a lot of time, and I've been playing the same character for like you know ten, fifteen years at this point. But mm-hmm. um, I, I have had that moment where I was the main character in the story, and I fought the dragons, mm-hmm. and I did the stuff, and now I'm super excited to be the the, new... to be the supporting character in yeah. someone else's story. Yeah. 
because um, I don't need. Well, I don't like be... the term "immovable object" on there because sooner, I mean, sooner or later, I mean, the, if you need to have an immovable, an immovable object in that scenario, it, it always ends up being the cleric. Yeah. Or the heat, or, you know, most often. Yeah. And Joe's a big fan of uh, playing the cleric too, right, Joe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I based at at some point I was given an opportunity to redesign the character, you know, through in-game stuff, and I went sure. from being like a heavy, you know, fighter with like a big pole arm, and I switched, and that was great because I'm tall and I have long reach, and it was obnoxious. Um, but the game <laughs> figured out how to fight me, at which point then I became useless because I was one polearm guy and everybody else is sword and board. So then I and all we're losing listening. Polearms do much better with a team with yeah, them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Somebody, some couple shields in front of them to hide behind. Yeah. And so yeah. I switched to do a thing where I, you know, I switched to healing. Um, and when I did that, I designed it to be like a holy paladin in World of Warcraft. So, or so that it's just, I'm there. I'm hard to kill. And there have been plenty of times where it's been obnoxious for storytellers to figure out how to kill me or people around me because I'm just Captain Healy guy that is also very hard to hit because I know exactly Good. what fighters want and all that stuff. So this is yeah. – it's I, I created my own design space because the game – you know, the game is not designed for people to want to only protect other people. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's all either I do lots of damage or I'm a, you know, a healer that kind of hangs in the back. Um, and I, you know, am a healer that hangs out like in the front and I'm like walking at the front of the line and everybody's like, Hey, you shouldn't be up there. And I'm like, really, bro? (laughs) So anyway, um, you know, who knew this was a, maybe I shouldn't be, but you should be, you should be glad I'm up. I'm definitely like, I, you know, it's like when you're, when you're about, you worry about you. Yeah. When I say I'm the delicate healer, everybody just kind of laughs. So, um, so anyway, who knew this was going to turn into LARP cast 97, <laughs> but that's fine. People are used to me. I do that all the time. Um, and we should I talk, love it. We'll just do, well, I'll get you guys to come back on. We'll do a whole LARP centric episode. That'll be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> totally. Um, we are in. We'll totally I'm do down. It. Um, okay. So, um, now that we are, um, you know, almost a half hour in, let's go around the horn. Shall we? Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun and yeah, I had I got to talk to people, my wife who is in the other room listening will attest I got people that were actually interested in me telling my old war stories, um, yep. so um, of course <laughs> I was going to go crazy. So um, so let's talk about games. So around the yeah. horn, this is a segment where we talk about some of the games that we've been playing recently. Um, so uh, I will go last as I am uh, on the home turf. What have you guys been playing? So with the kids, we've been playing um, some fun stuff. I know Joe just bought – he came back from the last convention he went to uh, with Love, Love Letter. Oh. Um, we actually went to the BGC, the Board Gaming Championship in Seven Spurs, Pennsylvania, which oh, yeah? was last month in July. Yeah, we so, unfortunately couldn't get there exactly on exactly the same days. But uh, yeah, Joe and I had to go separately because the kids, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. And oh yeah. <laughs> and maybe next year we'll bring a couple of the kids because I think that uh, certainly our son would really enjoy it because it's a lot of. I don't know if you're familiar with the BGC, but you know it's all it's not, a lot of those. I'm super hype without even thinking without even <laughs> like I'm going so... next year. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So it's called the World Board Gaming Championship. So you know you might be thinking classic board games, but it really is an originally the Avalon Hill. Convention, so it's a lot of old scale battle games and oh. things like that. So it's it's interesting watching 
these folks play these massive war games. But wow. also they're, they're, they're bringing up some newer stuff like uh, King of Tokyo I saw last time, and they actually do compete. So it's Ivanhoe. Brace yourself, Steve. It is 10 days of board gaming. Yeah. It is a 10-day convention. Whoa. All right. Well, so, I mean... so it was too much for me. And, you know, I'm a gamer. And I was a gamer. We have a panelist, Ed Povolitis, who is our hardest core gamer. And yeah. he goes full 10 days every year and does the, a lot of comp- competing. But it, well, I kind of felt like game. a LARP. I was at a LARP at, <laughs> you know, with, with Ed there in – in the, I guess there were six people in that hotel room or whatever. I mean, oh, inside the hotel room, it felt yeah. like a LARP cabin. Yeah, it yeah. was that tight. It was yeah. that tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was a beautiful resort. I mean, it's a nice little country resort, and sure. uh, they had some really delicious crepes there. But anyway, Joe came back with love letter. Uh, we've been playing. My son is first for the first time getting into Magic: The Gathering. Ooh. So right. we're digging out the old stuff for that. And uh, and I I've really enjoyed playing the last couple of weeks with panel and some other old friends, um, Galaxy Trucker. Wow. I don't know if you've reviewed that one yet. Have we you reviewed have, Galaxy? We Trucker? have not. My understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's a little heavy for us. What, am I, I am I crazy? I mean, maybe I, I just misread it. And I just kind of read like the first five minutes and kind of discounted it. Tell me if I'm not. Huh. Tell me well, about Galaxy kind of, Trucker. It's kind of. Uh, I could see how I, – I, well, I mean, the answer to that is, is, of course, you know, it depends. But, I mean, basically what comp, what makes the game seem to be more complicated than, than it is is that you're, you're tapping different skills at different phases of the game. I mean, first of all, you build your spaceship under, uh, under as much time pressure as your rival players can muster. And you're right. – uh, yeah, you're, you're – Saying okay, this is going to be cargo space. This is going to be crew space. This is going to be where I put my fuel, and this and, this is where I put my guns. And okay. uh, right. since you're trying to do it fast, the you can. Frame, trick you into yeah, let mistake, me just say you know? the time. It's really cool that building piece because the timer yeah. that's on there is subjective. So it doesn't. It's not always the same amount of time because the players get to decide when to flip the timer back over, and you flip it three times. So if nobody decides to flip the timer over, you could keep building your ship for a half an hour. Yeah. It it's all dependent on how often the um the timer is flipped, and that's subjective based on the players. Okay. So that's kind of a cool piece, right? Okay. So the building. Even if you have younger people, the building's not super complicated. I mean, it's attached certain types of pipes to the same matching types of pipes. So I'm sure that kids could figure that out. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. And the, and the, of course, they're during the you know middle section of the game, uh, and when your spaceship is actually you know picked up its payload and it's on its route, yeah. you. Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to get there and deliver your cargo as fast as you can, but you you don't know what's coming uh, or what you're going to encounter threats, on the yeah. way there. So you don't know whether or not you're in better shape. Um, if, if, for example, there's a there's a meteor swarm coming up, I mean, you'd li- you'd like to be last. Yeah. Okay. You right, know, so the people the in front of you of shoot the, the path depends, through. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Uh, yeah, but you know, sometimes you want to be first. You know, maybe if there are goodies up there, you want to be first. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my opinion is, uh, let's see, the game. Let's see what the game 
uh, I'm not sure what the game says it's for ages. Let me look that up. But um, it's my opinion that I think it's not too gritty. I'm take a quick, right? uh, a quick yeah, look go at ahead. it. It's, a, it's not too gritty. It won't sure. scare anybody. But um, it is desperate. And what I mean by that is um, out there in space, the threats are so intense, like the meteor showers are so brutal. And the, um, you know, the raiders, the slavers and the aliens, they can damage your ship to the point where you're coming into space dock with like a quarter of the ship you started with. If you're lucky. If it's age 10 plus. Take you okay. Yeah, okay, so age 10 plus. But again, yeah. you know how those ages, you know, you, everybody has to make a decision for themselves with their own kids. But That's true. Uh, I think that certainly they'd be able to follow it. You know, my sure. ni- my nine-year-olds would be able to follow it and play. And I don't think it's too gritty, although it is desperate. <laughs> sure. You know, I think – here's what I think. This happens This happens to me a lot by nature of the fact that I'm – I split the I split the universe in two and I do both is that sometimes I just, you know, have to make like a quick like – two-minute decision based on 30 seconds of information, and I think mm-hmm. that one may have just been an unnecessary casualty. However, in, I in have your a ton honor, of fun with it, in I your honor, say. I'm going to take a look <laughs> at it um, and, and revisit it, hey. because you never know. Um, who knows? It could end up being a huge hit. Yeah, Granted, maybe no, come down and play with us I mean, sometime. I mean, well, now that we're all in Connecticut, um, yeah. now we're, we're yeah. basically old war buddies. Um, That's I think, right. I think I have to just so we can talk about just so we can talk about LARP together. Um, yeah, we'll set it up. Yeah, we absolutely we, we will do that. Um, so the. Okay, so that's Galaxy Trucker. Let's talk about Love Letter because this game's been around for a while. Does it was it just like off your radar or? It was. Okay. Yeah, I have to admit, it just got overlooked. So what happens for me, what happened and why I first exposed the family to it or Joe to it and the panel to it, because it was my game that I brought and presented, was it was a box that was always sitting on Ed's shelf. Now, Ed is our, again, hardcore gaming panelist, has hundreds and hundreds of games in his game room. Uh, unlike you and I, Steve and Joe, he has the benefit of disposable income because he's a bachelor. And so he's always collecting a lot of games. And I always noticed that little box called love letter, but I never pulled it down. So one day I'm playing some long sloggy game with Ed. Um, cause he's a huge fan of the really long games. And, yeah. um, I pulled Why it down just to look at it. And every time, like everybody at the table had nothing but good things to say about it. So I'm like, all right, I just was mystified as to how a 16 card game could entertain four or five people right is it three to right. four people joe how many people i think i think it goes up to five doesn't it yeah maybe I'm yeah, crazy. It's yeah you can have five people playing it because the hands are so small designed. yeah just brilliantly designed loved it joe brought it home for the kids because he really would be great for them you know well i, I knew tt in particular our youngest really, our younger daughter really would love it and i was yeah. correct she, she totally ate it up <laughs> yeah, we um, so it is two to four actually. It says two to four okay. per board game geek uh, if they can be trusted. I think they probably can. Um, so <laughs> it is. This is one of those games. You know, I um, it was one of the first games we picked up. So Engage Family Gaming has been in operation for about five years. Um, we started in 2013, um, and so we were originally just supposed to be a, a video game uh, po- uh, video game site, um, but. 
we kind of stumbled into the board game thing. Um, and the the two first games that we picked up were Ticket to Ride and Love Letter. Mm. Um, and Love Letter was relatively new at the time because it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, a, a year or so after it had come out. And um, it, at that point, I was super in um, because it was simple and I could bring it everywhere and I did bring yeah. it everywhere. It's fallen out of favor recently just because I've thrown the cards at everyone I know so frequently that <laughs> I think everybody just wanted a break. Um, yeah. But I just think it's interesting. I mean, it just that's a great thing about the board game community and the board game industry and its growth is that yes. you can have like – I mean you guys are lifelong fans and you missed one of the biggest games in the last decade. Yep. And, yep. and it's not because you – ignored it it's because there was just so much other stuff right like yes. if there was yeah. no other games you would have played that in 2013 but because there yeah. was so much really good stuff love it's... letter flew under the radar and that's yeah. you know that's bananas to me but it makes total <laughs> sense because you know you're playing other stuff just like television, it is a golden age for board gaming, too. And with really? that golden age, it's too much to catch. Oh, man. So that's why podcasts like yours and mine can help you know, folks because it helps them sort of just make a choice exactly. uh, or raise awareness about things. Because uh, there were a few games that we reviewed, and we've gotten you know, Discord chats or tweets back saying – Thank you for letting me know about it. I'd never heard about it, you know, and it was like, wow, I love this game. So, you know, it's nice to hear that. And I'm glad that uh, we are getting an opportunity and have an excuse, actually, Joe and I, to play a whole bunch of games. Isn't that the the one side effect, you know, on the the downside is, you know, you don't get to play a game that you really, really like to infinity. But on the the price for that is that, we got to play all these games all the time and we see That's all right. this new stuff um, and play the new hotness and all that. So I, yep. I you know, <laughs> you know, we suffer, we live, we have just these, you know, <laughs> yeah, we endure the bot, yeah. the, the chains of content creation, the chains. So yeah. um, speaking of content creation, have y'all heard of rise of tribes? No, I haven't. Okay. What's let, that? Yo, let's talk about rise. Of oh, tribes. What's that? What's that logo up there? I what can is- almost see it. <laughs> Looks almost like Darkest Dungeon font, um, but it's not. Kinda. I mean, um, above Rise of Tribes. Oh, all right. So Rise of Tribes is from uh, Breaking Games. Is that um, a setting? Um, well, it is. The setting is you are nomadic prehistoric people. I got the box over here. Let's see if we can get a better view for you guys for the box. This is bad radio for the people watching. Cause this yeah, is, we'll describe it. Here we go. Rise of Joe, Tribes. Joe, what does it look like? That looks like, yeah, it looks I like I mean, it's different... super backwards. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. okay, so nomadic, prehistoric. Oh, is that yeah. what you said? Prehistoric, nomadic, or, or okay. maybe not prehistoric, but ancient, certainly. Well, it says prehistoric on the box, so I'm wow. gonna trust oh, that they okay. are right. So basically, this is the, <laughs> okay. this is the drill. It is, um, it is. This is another one that's ten plus, and it's not as heavy as it looks. That box is okay. huge, um, but that's because there's a bunch of shenanigans in the in the actual. You know, there's other you know tiles and you know whatever. Um, basically, you build a hexagonal map a la civilization um each map or each uh hex is you know either a mountain or a lake or um a desert or a forest and uh-huh. they, each of the different tiles generate different resources a la every other game known to man um and the idea is you take over you start the game as a one of the tribes their civilizations 
Um, there's a basic mode where all the civilizations are the same, and then obviously there's an advanced mode where all the different civilizations do different stuff um, and have neat little superpowers, um, as okay. a lot every other board game ever made. What's really yeah. interesting about it and why I think set, what I think sets it apart is um, that the game, the actual like the the actual actions in the game are driven by phases of the moon and you do have a little bit of control of that there are these uh, six-sided die uh, that have two blank sides two crescent moons and till f two full moons on them or no two crescent moons and two suns sorry um, oh. and so what you do is you play them across uh, there is a uh, game there is a uh, tracker that is has the four different actions that you can take which is move gather lead and uh, grow. Um, those are the different things you can do. And you take two actions on every turn, um, but on each of those four different actions that you can take, there are three mm -hmm. spaces for dice that are set up. And so depending on, so you roll your die, you start with two, mm -hmm. and you roll the two of them, and you get to take two actions. So you, if you, let's say you wanted to grow, you would take whatever you rolled and put it on the tracker, and um, there are only three spots. And so one of the die will kind of get pushed out, and that's the action that you take, and you use the result of that die. So when I'm rolling my dice, I'm putting it down there. I'm deciding what's going to happen for that action three turns from now. Ah. And then I get whatever is was decided three turns ago, and there's a default setup for the game initially. Um it sounds super complicated. It's one of those games that literally you take one turn, it'll click for it. Right. We took yep. one turn and it clicked for our nine year old. So okay. um, it sounds way more complicated than it is. Um, I love right. the art. Um, it does have like this really cool push and pull uh, because that you're growing, you know, you're essentially trying to grow your civilization to build um, villages because more villages earns you victory points. Um, but the idea is if your village gets too big, then you are forced to fight people. Uh, you don't have a non-aggression option in this game. Um, so eventually uh. you're going to grow and just there are conflicts um, mm -hmm. and they're resolved um, you know, so on the one hand, conflict just happens. Um, mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, like for example, my mom really hates going after other players. She wants to do her own thing. She will <laughs> never play like gotcha at somebody else, even if she's a cooperative gamer. Even if it's a competitive <laughs> game, she just she just if you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose on your own. She's not gonna be the one to do it, even if it mm -hmm. is the most obvious tactical play. She will right. never do it. Unless she absolutely must. And I'll be like, Mom, you have to do this. You have to kill me. It's okay. I promise. I won't be mad. And then she'll do it. And, of course, I'll be like, damn it, Mom. But I, I, you know, but that's because that's the kind of guy I am. So the game here, you don't really have a choice, right? I mean, you take the grow action because you need to do it, and it, it just creates conflict. Um, it is faster than it should be. It's simpler than it should be. It's prettier oh, than it has any right like to be. That. Um and it's you know, faster it's, than it should be is a magic word right? for me. It, yeah. it should take a long time. I mean, obviously, you know, as with any game, there's a learning curve. Um, it's relatively new. Came out last. Uh, we actually, it was a Kickstarter last year. We just mm -hmm. got our production copy before Gen Con, so I suspect that it will be available regularly by holiday season. You guys should reach out to Breaking Games because I'm sure they might have uh, a copy for you. One of the things that yeah. I really dig about it is. And this is something that I think um, Breaking Games is going to be doing a lot of. This is also, it's by Brad Brooks, the guy that did Letter Tycoon. Have you guys played mm -hmm. Letter Tycoon? No. What? <laughs> what? It already sounds fantastic. Oh, Letter my God. Tycoon? Letter Tycoon? Check this out. Oh. 
Uh, I'm, I'm bringing, it out right I'm now. bringing letter check into your house. Not, <laughs> not literally right now, but I'm going no, to. I know. Letter Although you could. Letter, uh, it'd be weird because I, I have work yeah. to do. Um, but <laughs> right. if I didn't have work to do, I would be there. Letter but Tycoon. Letter Tycoon is scra- it's, uh, Scrabble, um, mm-hmm. um, but you are playing with cards. And here's what's cool, right? You play card, you, you build your hand, you get letters, um, you build words. The words are worth money. You can buy the patent on letters so that when your opponents <laughs> play those letters later on you get money oh wow you and get a, a royalty yes you get money and the um which you can then use to you know which turn hey, into you know, victory points team. or whatever and also the aesthetic is crazy good it looks like you know like a vintage it looks like a game that you would find in an antique shop even though it's yeah, not it has beautiful all. colors i can oh, yeah, see they're so really good. nice colors that's what really attracted me to it i went to new york toy fair my first ever, um, uh, you know, maybe my second, I don't know, one of my first uh, toy fairs where I went up there, <coughs> um, and, like, I was captivated by this game, and it was in an early prototype phase, like, very early, and ever since then, I followed it through production, they, um, I ended up, uh, they didn't, they were going to send me a copy, because the folks at Breaking Games knew I loved it, I talk about it on my show all the time. Um, but someone bought it for me before they had the chance. Um, but man, it's so good. Um, but anyway, the thing that Breaking Games is doing did for this game, um, and they're going to start doing with a bunch of their other games, is they have a deluxe upgrade which just comes separately. Um, so huh. like you buy the game and okay. it's like you know cardboard chits and you know like your 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 normal stuff, but they sell like a separate box. This, this I think this is going to retail for like sixteen bucks or whatever, and mm-hmm. it turns all the cardboard pieces into meeples and. Like, the first player oh, token nice. is, like, a giant wooden elephant thing. Yeah, like, I saw um, that. Yeah. Like we this. are all for added oh, value. Okay. Production value? Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And so, for those folks that just want the base game, by all means, just buy the base game. Um, and even better, it uh, it fits in the insert. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. Pretty awesome. Um, so, Forethought. Yeah. Congrats. No, they're, yeah. they're smart. Kudos. So, yeah, that's Rise of Tribes. Um, we played a... Um, a demo version of it for their Kickstarter. Uh, we were one of the reviews for their Kickstarter um, because they knew mm-hmm. we loved Brad Brooks and his game so much, so they sent us Fantastic. the prototype. The prototype was baller. I mean, it was, the prototype <laughs> was really good. I was like, that's, what else are they going to do? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, there was one piece that came to us as foam core, and it was the dice, like the action tracker thing, and they were like, mm-hmm. sorry, we just didn't get these in time for your prototype, and I was like, guys, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, you're sending me a free copy of your game, I'm not going to get mad. Um, but, right. um, and they've replaced it. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very cool game. Like I said, it's, lo- it's easier to learn than it should be. It's faster than it should be. The artwork is absolutely gorgeous, especially on the different leaders. Um, I really dig it. Um, also there's something to be said about a game featuring like primitive cultures that is not mm-hmm. uh, culturally appropriative. <laughs> you know, it's like nice yeah. to, that it's like, hey, this is the dawn of civilization, but we're not going to be racist. And I was like, Whoa. yeah, yeah, um, right. So, <laughs> I'm like, nice. Um, so that's Rise of Tribes. Um, yeah, this have... art is gorgeous Isn't on the cover great? of Rise of Tribes. It's beautiful. The colors are gorgeous. The um, the drawings are upbeat, which I really right. like. You know, it's a very upbeat. Um, positive-looking mm-hmm. uh, pictures, which is like helps me want to build my tribe up. It and I and that 
matters a lot to me. Like I want to be immersed in the game and the visuals have to do that for me. And these people on this box look like they want to move forward in civilization. Correct. And I like that. Um, I like also, that I mean, and you're looking at the art and those of us, that, those of you that are near a computer while you're listening, please don't crash your car looking at your phone while you're driving. Um, <laughs> but the um, one thing that I did notice a lot is the use of bright, like light in there, right? Whether it be like yep. motes of light that kind of float around some of the characters or built into their costumes, but like this, just the light from behind everything really just kind of making everything pop. Um, I am yep. not an artiste by uh, by trade, but it clear it clearly there was some intention behind that. <laughs> they didn't do oh, that yeah. by accident. So, um, so that's Rise of Tribes. We're gonna have a review up on the site soon, soon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's you know how the, well you guys know how that goes. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But um, for not those, enough hours in the day. But here, let me give you a one word review. It's pretty good. That's two reviews. It's pretty right. good. I think people will Looks like nice. it. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. And I will certainly. We're gonna have to have a game time, and I'll bring Rise of Tribes. And yeah. letters. I've just been looking at the. I've been, I've been quiet for a while, but when you mentioned the art, I had to. I had to look up the art for a second. So what do you think? Really yeah. art. It is really is great art. I, I, yeah. I was very inspirational. It was it was neat following the Kickstarter because when the Kickstarter happened, they when it started, they only had. Um, like rough concept art for most of the the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was neat kind of watching them, and they didn't have names and things like that, you know. So, like a right. lot of the the components were good, but like you know, those pieces were kind of unfinished art. You know how prototypes go. But it was really cool watching the artist really deliberately release the information about the different leaders and what they were going to look like and their personalities and all this stuff. Um, I think it's super neat. Um, I want to know who these characters are. I want to, I, I want, I want like a, I want a game with just them. Um, yeah. The leaders look like, I like the, uh, the breakdown of the leader characters and their special abilities mm-hmm. or, you know, the special ability of the tribe sure. per se. And they do seem pretty well balanced. I was just taking a quick look. which right. They look interesting. Right. I couldn't tell you if they're balanced yet because I haven't played, but they look interesting to to sort of have these tribes on the board together. Um, I could see how their special abilities would blend in an interesting way. I can say comfortably they're pretty well balanced. Um, I mean, cool. there's no such thing as perfect balance. Anybody who's ever played Magic the Gathering knows that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, so I think that's I think that wraps up around the horn. Um, so why don't we take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk more about your show because okay. I because I want to, and I'm, <laughs> okay, and I'm in charge. That's a Sounds damn good. fine reason. All right, so folks, we'll be back in a minute. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 146 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I'm still Steven, still here with Celeste and Joe from Which Game First. Um, Hi. Hi. We're still talking about board games. um, For sure. Because uh, you guys enjoy them, at least a little bit. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Um, (laughs) Just a tiny bit. Enough to start a podcast. So. Yeah. So you gave us the, the the quick hits version earlier, which is you guys are yeah. longtime friends. You you finally decided it's time to you know actually make something of this game night, and so you made a podcast happen. You found a producer. Um, mm-hmm. So 
um, you know, that's that's how you guys formed, which I think, I mean, that's a super, you know, that's a super cool story. Um, mine's way more boring. I want to write about <laughs> video games, and now here I am podcasting about board are. games. Who knew <laughs> that that was a thing? So um, I'm on a, a website that you guys run called WitchGameFirst.com, which I recommend right. everybody go look at, by the way. Um, first off, Thank you. I, I, I do enjoy the uh, design on your site. I know this is totally Thanks. not a web design uh, podcast, but I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and um, it, all of your different like care, you know, icons and stuff really kind of capture. I, I hope either you, right. They, they, it looks like they capture who you guys are. Um, we hope. Is, I mean, that was our aim. That was the aim. Yeah, I think it works. Um, <laughs> I might have to. I'm, I might have to crib some of that style because I really uh, appreciate that, at least Go that for it. style. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about being, what it's like being a content creator in what is probably. The golden era of board Age games, of right? content. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's crazy. Of board games. For sure. It is crazy. It's amazing. I mean, that's why our tagline is exploring the hilariously huge world of board games. Right. Um, and I mean, if that's this how is I not the golden episode. age, then... Yeah, right. So <laughs> then <laughs> I can't wait for it to get here. You know? yeah. right? Joe just wants to be historical and evidence-based about this, but I think we can safely say it is a golden age of gaming. It, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, as Ed was saying to me, who keeps track of stats, uh, you know, there's what, 2,000 board games, you know, whether they're independent or mass-released uh, every year that are coming out. It's something along those lines. So it's amazing and of course the quality is huge it is the era of the um artist it's really wonderful um we have been having a great time discovering new games and old games evan bernstein one of our panelists is a huge fan of vintage board games so we yeah. we mix everything in. we mix as the world and, turned vintage yeah <laughs> like before as the world turned we played a game from the 30s called um Eddie oh. Cantor's game, Mid- colon, tell it to the judge. Oh, oh that one too, yeah. <laughs> so he loves vintage games. We do everything, but we uh, have been doing more contemporary games. Um, sure. Not just because we're getting a lot of feedback and footing with that, but it, it is what a lot of people are interested in. Um, we definitely like to, to mix in older games on occasion, but there's just so many so many darn good games out there right now that we just want to play you know we want to play a lot of the new ones it's uh what's really catching our interest so that's great uh having all the different personalities on the podcast is ton of fun uh and it is very different we are all five very different types of gamers with very different interests in gaming so we each like different types of games and different pieces of each game and we're really finding out that they matter each piece matters differently to each gamer what what do you think our oldest game was would that have been the Uncle Wiggly game? Or? Yeah, probably Uncle Wiggly. What year was that? 1916? 1916, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. probably our old. <laughs> I mean, if you don't count our review of basically Ludo games, which have been around for hundreds of years. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. Them are, da- are not dated. Right. <laughs> um, so we have really had... Uh, discovered a lot about each other in doing this podcast too, and sort of found out what um, 
how to push each other's buttons sometimes <laughs> and stuff just to have fun. Uh, so, you know, Mike, for example, Mike Grenier, one of our panelists, cannot stand games where there's backward momentum. So any game where you ever have to go backward for any reason drives him crazy. And uh, and so, you know, it's something that designers, modern designers tend to stay away from is that sort of backward momentum. And they try to be more inclusive than older style games. Mm -hmm. But when we play those vintage games, boy, it drives him a table flipping crazy. And that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah good, it is. It's fun that's good podcast. There's something to be there's something to be said about trolling your friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm with you on that. That's you know, it's interesting is that the, the way you describe that. There's a parallel there to, um, you know, video games, too, which is, you know, I know this is board game week. Sorry, folks. But um, wow. it's just interesting how you, you know, the way you phrase that, right? Like the idea of, you know, backward momentum and how modern contemporary board gamers try and stay, designers try and stay away from it. Right. It's kind of that same thing, you know, like video games used to cheat to steal your quarters, right? And now, yeah. now we, you know, we have saves points and checkpoints every 15 feet and you know yes um one thing i noticed uh getting back to fortnite and i i know it's board game week but honestly joe and i are excited to talk about video games because we don't get to talk about them on our podcast listen, I mean, yeah so. we don't we don't <laughs> let's throw down because people, people will be fine <laughs> But like one thing I noticed about Fortnite, and I, I was apprehensive, not so much for the violence, but I thought, oh, here's going to be a nine-year-old playing what's essentially an MMO um, RPG or something. And it's and I remember in our day, MMORPGs and MMOs were like Quake Arena, which was so brutal. It was like you couldn't get a footing because it would just be these, you know, spawn campers who would sit and kill you instantly all the time. And I thought, geez, this kid's not going to have any fun with this because it's just going to be people killing you all the time. And that is just not the case anymore. Nope. There's the, the gaming, MMO gaming is so different now, and there's so many new players all the time that it's not like that where the experts just get you instantly. So that was really a delightful surprise for mm -hmm. me to find that you could really play these games. Um, it, you didn't have to be an expert and play hundreds of hours just to be able to yeah, hold your own. Yeah, just to survive for 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the commercialization of the two mediums, you know, be it video games and board games, like people have figured out that in order to kind of get things more mainstream, you actually need to make it so that more people can play them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. while that sounds intuitive to us, um, you know, that wasn't the case with board games, right? Like they were, right. they were nope. a niche. Same thing with board games, yeah. And they were, they just didn't have the 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 experience to, you know, make these games back yep. in the day. To, they didn't think about things the same way that we do now. Um, and frankly, they didn't have video games to help because I know that mm -hmm. a lot of modern board game, you know, design sensibilities, you know, feed off of what video games have done um, and vice versa. I, I, yeah. You know, so well, I think there was a feeling back then that once someone buys the game, then you've, that's, it's, that's all the benefit you can really get. True. You know, from, you know, from it. And that's the end of the story. Once somebody buys the game, but um, right now yeah, it's a now lot bigger going to brand on. building. And, yeah. uh, you know, my favorite uh, advancement um, in recent, I guess, decades now is uh just how broad themes have gotten with board games. And yeah. I just love that. You know, the genres are so vast now. It's not just move forward, go backward, mm -hmm. shoots, ladders, uh, 
go to the head of the class. It's not a few basic ideas. It's these broad, you know, uh, picturesque, novel ideas that encompass huge, you know, huge stories. And I love that. The narrative, the more the theme of the game um, informs play for me, the more I'm in. So I just love how broad and how many choices you get in this and what you can play about. And they're, they're huge swaths of concept sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That you know that that you and and most often when they occur, they're, they're not things that you have to wade through. That they can tap into if you if you're inclined to do it. Absolutely. Well, I'm, so Celeste, being that you're the theme person. Um, yeah. That clearly, I've got you pegged, mainly because <laughs> mainly because you said it out loud and I listened. Um, funny thing about that. So um, I just wanted to make it clear that I'm not some kind of like crazy person that like you know I just you said it out loud. So um, what do you think? Right. What do you think of Fire Tower? Because you were at CT Fig. I was. I I liked it. I I lo- first off I love the look of it. So when I was walking past it, right. And I just was like, ooh, what is that? You know, what's going on over there? So many cool, you know, little pieces and and uh, and the bright orange color and everything. Oh, yeah. So that alone, so and we talked about this on our podcast uh, because we did a uh, our smaller podcasts, mini episodes that we do are called brief expeditions. So we have one uh, weekly podcast, which is our full length podcast where we review three games. Uh, but we also have many episodes here and there where we talk about game-related things. Usually it's an interview or a review of a convention we've been to. Um, and when we did the one on the CT Fig, we talked about how cool those pieces were. Unfortunately, I personally didn't get a chance to sit down and play it, and boy, I wish I had. But I know Mike and, and Ed had a chance, and they were talking about it. But just from the look of the game... And how people were enjoying it, because I was watching it be demoed. It was actually right next to Clear the Decks. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw it being demoed right there. Um, I was interested. I just didn't get a chance to, to sit and play, because it looked great. And I actually asked. I said, wow, are all those pieces in the box? And that's what I want to know, Steve. Do you get all those orange flame pieces I mean, from, in one box? I mean, not all of them, because I think they on that table they had, like, the giant pile that you could, like, go swimming mm-hmm. in. But you do right. get quite a few. You definitely <laughs> cool. get a bunch. Um, you know, but they, they for a dramatic effect on their table, they do have, like, a giant pile of them, more than you could ever yeah. need. Um, but you get <laughs> enough to cover pretty much that whole board. Like, yeah. if a game goes long enough, fortunately they're demos, you know, obviously, you know, no, very few people play a full game at a demo, but right, having right. reviewed it for their, you know, well, not truly reviewed, but having previewed it for their Kickstarter, um, mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of the games that we played, you know, we deliberately stalled each other out, and at one point in the beginning we actually played by the wrong rules and <laughs> stalled ourselves out even worse than normal, <laughs> and we had almost the entire board covered with fire. Um yeah. And it just, I mean, it, it, that is really attractive. Um, yeah, and it was. It's cool how much it looks like flame. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when they, they, when I saw the original template for that, or not template, the original prototype, they were like, yeah, this is kind of a, a placeholder. We're thinking about trying to find something else. And I was like, bro, no. <laughs> like I was at the table playing their prototype at the first one of the first CT figs, and I was like, "No, listen. I mean, unless these are ridiculously expensive, you use these things. I don't yeah, care what you it, do. Yeah, it definitely helps, and that's huge for me. It's like if it looks like 
supposed to be. And this is uh, something I really enjoyed with Century Spice Road, where they had these little bowls. This is a, a game, a fairly oh, new yeah. game. Century Spice Road has these little bowls with spices. Um, now, the spices are little cubes, but the bowls were so cool. They look like little terracotta bowls, even though they were plastic. And these fire tower pieces, the immersion that is added by having pieces that make it look like you're lighting something on fire yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. That sounds – yeah. I mean, I, I have not played Century Spice Road. That's one of those games that I am I, – I need to get to the – well, I need to get find a copy of it and get it to my table. I'm, I'm, right. I want to, and I've been told that it's like right in my wheelhouse because I do like, mm-hmm. you know, engine building – um, things like that. So I'm going to, I will get there. I, I, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. That's, that's what we all say. That's We're what we all say. There. That's what we all say. Um, but that I mean, what, the are, you, what so are you going to do? I mean, I got to get my little scythe to the table first, but uh, that's going to happen. Right. That's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yep. so the, um, so before I go too much farther, I do want to plug your Patreon because you guys are a Patreon oh, thank supported, you. uh, podcast. We, we are, we are. Yes. And, and it, it's it's really important. So our supporters make it possible for us to podcast. And right from the beginning, it was our model uh, to uh, not you know only count on Patreon, but it, but have it as an important piece to us thriving and being able to continue. Sure. And it's been great so far. And and it's hugely important to us. If you want to support the show, there's nice perks that you get with it. Um, Lots of little episodes that are just for our, our Patreon listeners. And also, uh, we're going to start these Discord dates with our pa- uh, patrons. So anybody who supports us, and we only have one level. It's three bucks. So three bucks a month. And uh, you get all the perks. And we're trying to give our patrons as much access to us, the panelists, as possible. So we're going to start these things called Discord dates because we have special channels just for our patrons on Discord where they can chat with us directly about a given topic. And we're hoping to be able to do that once a month. That's going to be a big thing for us. And, uh, uh, you know, we're always trying to get feedback from our patrons to find out more about what they'd like. But, yep, if you want to support our show, if you like us, first give us a listen, which just go to our website, whichgamefirst.com. You can listen there or on any podcast feed. And uh, and then if you're interested in supporting us, there's lots of little perks for it. Um, far be it for me. I- I'm just going to say if you want to give them money, by all means, go to their Patreon, <laughs> Patreon and give them money first. Um, yeah, you can I go to the website and just click on support. Listen, that's how you yeah. get right to Patreon. Um, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. If anybody's listening, I mean, if that's what you want to do, just throw money at them. It's cool. I don't think they'll be mad. <laughs> we won't. We won't throw it back. No, nope. we're, we're not really proud of that. In that, in that way, particular. Oh, in that way, uh, yeah. we are not proud of that. Uh, way. We're uh, we are content creators in yeah. uh, the in the 2000s. We can't be proud. Yeah. Uh, if you're proud, yeah. if you're if you're proud. Um, that means you're talking to one person and it's probably your dog. So, um, so let me tell you that. So, uh, pride is not what I'm all about. So, um, so where did you, um, come up with the explorer aesthetic? Like, where did that come from? Cause I dig (laughs) the idea of exploring, but like the fact that you got like the pith hat and all that, like... And the fact that you're laughing, um, it's worth yeah. I listen pretty good. Um, I'm wait, I'm not as stupid as I look or sound. Um, where did tell me the story of where this came from? Well, you know, we wanted 
we knew from the get-go that we were not going to be a deep dive podcast. That's sure. not what we are. We are a light podcast. We want to give you a quick overview of the games, and we want to do it in a fun you know, fun way that's got a lot of humor. Uh, the jokes are pretty, pretty fast in our in our podcast and so forth. And we're really enjoying ourselves, and that's what we wanted to bring to our listeners. Mm-hmm. So we were looking. We said, you know what? Let's have a little bit of a theme over what are we doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we really just wanted to have something that a little tiny bit. And I guess this comes back to my days. Comes from my days of running a little theater company when I was in my 20s um, out of my nightclub in New Haven and uh, you know I couldn't help myself put on shows and also from my indie film days I wanted a piece a little tiny bit of production value so I said let's put and you know me I'm theme heavy right themes my thing so let's have a theme for our podcast and what are we doing we're looking at games right we're trying to see whether or not we like them what really are we doing? We're exploring. And this world is huge. We are like archaeologists in the game world. We're going to look at old games. We're going to look at new games. We're just going to adventure through this thing like we're an adventuring group. Let's put on our pith helmets and go. Yeah. So that's where the theme came from. We all decided, all right, let's let's examine the theme of explorers and exploration. And it really remember. seemed to click for us. And we liked the adventure music and all that. So we put a little adventure music in the front, you know, as we're doing our intros and outros. And it keeps us upbeat, and we hope it does the same for our listeners. I seem to remember a stage where basically we wanted there to be like, basically – Six, very basic six-sided die on there, and we wanted to put some kind of accoutrement sure. <laughs> on yeah. it. You know, uh, so the, yeah, the, the pith helmet was like, it, it was a very easy, recognizable thing. Absolutely. Yeah, we were looking at a universe. We were trying to come up with a distinctive. Yeah, it was definitely, and we're trying to come up with a universal game piece, right? And so we did talk about maybe a meeple for our logo, or um, a spinner, or something like that, but. When it comes down to it, we're gamers, we're role players, and the D6 is king. So, you know, eventually we were just like, yeah, D6 is used by a lot of people, but it really, for us, is is definitive for who we are and what we like. Fair enough. And if... (laughs) <laughs> and so that's where that exploration came from and our logo. And on, if you listen to our podcast, you'll you'll see that, boy, we love rolling dice. And any game <laughs> that gives you a lot of dice to roll, we almost always review it well. It's just something about us. Yeah. That's the one thing where we I think we all have in common. We love rolling dice. Then when you roll and 15 that, dice and say, i got to put all my fours over here and this, yeah. however many <laughs> dice I want to allocate to, you know. You're all wizards. Might, if, defending, uh, you're all wizards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. may come back to our yeah, our D20 days or uh, even well, earlier. Yeah. Listen, I can't get mad at any of that. I have also been known <laughs> to uh, throw a few dice in my day, so I can't get can't I, I can't even get a little bit mad at that. So, last little question here, because again, logistics amuses me. Um, so. <laughs> You review three games a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so how how do you decide what games make it onto each episode? Do you battle okay. it to the death? No, there's you know there's no, a ton no. of games We've, out like to the slight injury, to the slight <laughs> to the pain, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
you know, we each take turns presenting games. Okay. So we're allowed to, in rotation, bring games to the table. Oh, okay. And since we get to we get to bring so many games to the table because we got to have three a week. Yeah. Um, that we never really have to fight too hard because we're there's always you know the engines are always running for us. Sure. And there's always going to be a new game on the on the horizon. So nobody has to wait too long to bring their next game. Um, so we, we haven't had much trouble there. All right. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. And, I, mean, and, uh, I think we like never I said, have to you know, worry about not having enough games to, to review. No, as we said, you know, right, yeah. 2,000 games a year, we wouldn't That's even. That's right. You know, it's just a matter of getting our hands on them, although Ed's library gave us a great start. It does give you yeah, a good start. start. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to bring you Rise of Tribes and Letter Tycoon. Yeah. Wait, have, and you don't, done yeah Letter Tycoon, sure. have you done Dragoon Have you done Dragoon? For the podcast, no. No, but I'll just bring you a familiar. whole episode. <laughs> no, listen, hold on, I got it right here. You've definitely seen it. You've definitely seen it. It's right here. This this guy right here. Oh yes, yes. With the golden dragons and stuff. What is that? Is that like yeah, Anne McCaffrey or what is that? No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, in as much as there's dragons, yes, but no. No. Um, okay. No, they got these metal dragons. Oh, a bag. Oh, the bag. Shake it. Wait, so the bag is it. The Shake g- it. Oh man. Oh, listen, look at this. This is bad, bad uh, radio, but look at these metal dragons. <gasps> metal! Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, metal. I am a fan well, of that. you with the jingling. You know, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't, when it makes that sound with the bag and I can't tell what it is, oh, I get curious. All, I don't that, care what's in those there. Those are metal dragons. Um, uh-huh. But, no, for real, the, uh, let me see what I can get here. Because um, the... Like the gold one is actually gold plated. No, yeah. because they're just crazy people. Um, like this is a little dragon den thing. Yeah. So you put ah. that on the map. Um, <laughs> the um, but they just put out a and this is an ex, it's I'm very very lucky that they were uh, that they liked me and they sent me a copy of it. Um, the uh, they sent me the quote unquote cheap version that doesn't have a uh, insert in it. Um, I'm fine. Thanks, guys. I didn't need an insert uh, for the game. But they did come out with a cheaper version because the, the full version is, I think it's like $80 for a small game box, but that's because the dragons are metal. But they have a cheaper one now that has uh, 3D printed plastic dragons. Um, okay. And they're like teal and ketchup red, and like they're meant to be like goofy colors, but it's the same game, obviously. Um, so I will bring you Dragoon, Rise of Tribes, and Letter Tycoon. We can have a whole Dude, oh. we, uh, just a, I'll just give you a whole episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> right uh, on. Just right there. Wow. Um, and I'll just make sure that I'll put my stamp with my logo, like in the middle of every picture. I'll be that guy. I'll be like uh-huh. aggressive self-marketing guy. <laughs> um, that's its own game. It's me finding a way to get my logo into every shot. But the right. um, yeah, you know, we have a similar. These cards issue. look really cool for Dragoon. Yeah. Oh man, Dragoon is so good. Um, I love the map. It's cartoony in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. These, these, this map is really neat. And it's a cloth. And it's a cloth yeah, map. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. They, and the funny story is they were going to have, like, a you know, one of those cardboard foldy ones. And then um, they were just messing around and, like, you know, <laughs> you know, just day drinking on a Sunday afternoon. And they were like, well, what if we just – what if we did a cloth map? And then they just asked the guys, like, how much it would be, you know, the printer. And they were – Right. And it turned out that it really wasn't that bad. And they were like, 
whatever. I think it's a good it. choice. Mm, yeah. I think it's a good, good choice because they already have a cloth bag, so you stick then, everything in the bag and go. Well, and I, the board, very, the board I don't actually the put the board in the bag. I, don't. I love that could. font. It's very, it's very Flash Gordon-y. But this the is font, the, yeah. The, the map is it's a little oh, unwieldy wow. to put in there, but this is the map. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I. The, yeah. Um, it's a little unwieldy to fit into the bag. Um, oh, it is. Yeah, okay. a little bit. But the bag is the score tracker. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Score and it doesn't it. hurt that the lay waste games, guys. I don't know if you've ever met any of them. Um, if we're ever at a, if you haven't, and we're ever at a convention with them, I will absolutely do an introduction because they're. Oh, thanks. Because if yeah. for nothing else, they're super cool cats, um, and they have. <laughs> they uh, look it. You can kind of tell by. Yeah. The oh, I mean, you can tell by looking at their website. No, they're super cool guys. Um, and every time I see them, you know, they're just you know they're super enthusiastic. They just really love making games, um, and you can really tell they put that energy into everything they do. Um, and they have Dragoon, which is just a runaway success. Um, they brought Great. it to Gen Con. Oh, and good for them. It, they brought it to Gen yeah. Con, and it was gone in, like, light speed. Um, awesome. Which, uh, I mean, uh. I saw it, and I knew that was going to happen, but they were doubtful, and I was like, no, nah, you guys are going to be good. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, needless to say, it was, just, it was like Nightcrawler came in, grabbed it, and poof. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my uh, one of our panelists, Ed, says he has to drive his car out to Gen Con. Now, he's, again, this is a hardcore gamer. This is what you're going to run into at Gen Con. He has to drive his car out just so he has room to fit everything because he couldn't yeah. fly back with all the booty that he gets. Mm-hmm. All of the games that he wants to buy, he has to have a car to bring them home. Yeah. So, yeah. That that culture, <laughs> like, you know, because I, most of my convention experience before board was video game stuff. And video mm-hmm. games, like, you could have, like, a great trip buying a lot of stuff. And it fits in a backpack. But then the idea of, like, um, you know, being on Facebook groups and seeing people, like, talk about what kind of hand truck they want to bring. <laughs> and I'm like, right. what are you talking about? You want a hand truck that will be easy to carry on the way in, but you want it to be, like, sturdy enough to – what do you mean sturdy hand truck? What are you <laughs> buying, a refrigerator? And yeah. – no, but then you see the pictures, and I'm like, oh, my God, Gen Con is crazy. But then you think about yeah. it. Some of these are – you know, so there are folks that don't buy any board games all year. You know, what if I'm on my yeah. way to Starbucks down the street and someone left – Caltrops out on the sidewalk or something. I, you know, I don't want to get I don't want to get sidelined tough. by something like that. It's embarrassing. I would say I would say tough crap. Don't yeah. be, don't go get Starbucks and just uh. buy your games uncaffeinated is what I would say. Uh. But or buy a hand truck, I guess. But it's like he was uh. talking about the sturdy hand truck. Oh, though, the sturdy so hand the truck. Caltrops oh. don't get you. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the landmine. Landmines. Yeah. Well, if there's landmines. Bigger problems. <laughs> a, a hand truck not going to be a, not going to help you. Um, yeah, it is. It's crazy to think about the you know, and that's something that I had to realize when seeing like all these Gen Con halls. Is there's people who don't have a game store near them, that don't like using Amazon and as and don't run board game blogs where board games get sent to them. So they go to Gen Con and they buy fifty, sixty games, and that's yeah. that's all the games they're going to play for the next ten years, <laughs> and then they just go back to Gen Con the next year and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have not made it Less there myself. People, by the way, yeah, have you guys been to PAX Unplugged yet? Did you go last year? I'm no, this will be our first year at PAX. Yeah. So I, Joe's looking forward to it. He actually uh, had has some friends that are going, right, Joe? Some people that online friends. So this they will were, be the first chance they were to, just, to meet them. Yeah, they were they were online friends of mine. There was gee, maybe a, a group of thirty or forty people who you know met online Four. pretty regularly. Uh, and then the you know that uh, 
you know, the, the, the site eventually ended because the, you know, the people had just put so much into it that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't really keep up with the time commitment of keeping it up in the fashion that everyone was used to. So, like a chat, uh, like a, one of the original something. chat rooms from a million years ago, right? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, so these old chat room buddies, how fun is that? Now you can just have a Discord for free. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is what put them out of business. But that that's yeah. why we were interested. But now we're really looking forward to PAX because of all the attractions oh, that man. are going to be there. It's, PAX yeah, Unplugged. it's really great. PAX Unplugged, you want to go and get in on the ground floor um, because I think it's going to be neat watching it grow. I think yeah. Um, you know, one of my co-hosts, Rob, and I, I'm kind of with him, I think over time PAX Unplugged will grow to rival Gen Con. Um Ooh, exciting! Because uh, it might it has it has the certainly has the potential to do so. I mean, PAX East and PAX West, etc. Like the general genre conventions are getting huge to the they point are. where they're the... starting to compete with other big. I mean, so it's only a matter Absolutely. of time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at Kineticon. How huge was that this year? It blew me away. I, I, and it's just it's a fandom con. Exactly. I've lived in yeah. Connecticut since I was 13, so many, 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 many years. And I have never yes. been to Connecticut. I'm never going to miss it again. That was super fun. No, go, it was so much fun. Um, I wanted to bring my son. I didn't bring my kids. I thought it was going to be a Next small year for sure. anime thing. And yeah. it turns out, like, I, just the video game room alone would have kept my yeah. kids occupied for five days. <laughs> Yeah, kept mine <laughs> yeah. occupied. Oh man, for sure! It, it's a fantastic convention. Absolutely, we won't miss it again. Oh, absolutely. But not. Yeah, so so as you said, cons like that are growing quickly, and PAX is um, that general going approaching it from a general space. Not only you know helps, I think it helps games and gamers mm-hmm. too to not just be in their own insular world, but to be mixing with fandom cons and stuff like that. It exposes more people to games. You're darn right. Yeah. You're darn right. Um, so and exposes people to other people. Oh, absolutely. Right, different groups of people, right? Yeah. Different interests together. Yeah. Right. It's great. Absolutely. Like it's kind of it's interesting to think about how like board game first video games were insulated and non-social, and it's weird how people still th- thought the same thing about board games. And I'm like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about because by default, board games in general, require at least two people. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what you mean by board yeah. games. It's not a social experience. Um, and now you have shows like, you know, uh, you have shows like PAX, PAX Unplugged and Gen Con and, you know, obviously some of these other shows that are like, no, no, this is a this is a growing, lively, real industry full of well-adjusted adults and children. Right. Just want, you know, it's just so weird stereotypes. <sighs> and it's great to be able to reject them. Um, yeah. And just kind it's of, fading, for yeah, sure. It, it definitely is. Um, and it's great to see some of these shows really just expose people. Like, nobody thinks San Diego Comic-Con is weird. No, and, but is, when I went... Weird. When I went in 1992, though, people were looking at me a little crooked. You know, it's like that. So it has changed a lot since then. Yeah. Um, and that is wonderful. You know, it's it's. I think video games had a lot to do with that because they started to feel more like a sport. Yeah. You know, than um than this strange hobby. Um, yeah. and so people people are looking at it in a, in a much uh more tolerant light, which is wonderful. Yeah. Because it's, it's so much fun. What's I, what's not fun I, about it? I think it? slowly people are starting to figure out that once you can make money with something, m- making fun of it is <laughs> no longer helpful. <laughs> Yeah, it's like wait, nerds have money. Yeah, yeah. shunning it is yeah. is not yeah. not the Ner- thing to do. Nerds right? do in fact have money, and nerds a lot yeah. of it like to Many spend it, yeah. money. 
Yeah. yeah they um, like to spend on their hobbies. Absolutely. So I think we are running out of time because we are all parents and we live on the East Coast and it's super oh, late. Yeah. So yep. um, why don't we wrap it up? Um, what's y'all's next podcast that you guys are releasing? Give me a spoiler. Uh, so, oh, that's a good question. A spoiler for next. Well, I'm going to tell you what we just released yesterday. Yeah, how about that? So, yeah. <laughs> so, or was it today? Is today Monday? Oh, we released today. So today we released, let's see. Oh, I see him. I'm I'm cheating yeah. because I'm looking. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I've I've got so we've got so many in the can that I'm trying to think of the one that we released. So this week is Galaxy Trucker. And wow. with Marco Polo and our vintage game Uncle Wiggly. You'll we'll usually have one game that's like bananas way out there. Marco uh, either. Polo, which I should have won. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's actually I really enjoyed listening to the final cut of this particular episode. So the Uncle Wiggly conversation was hilarious. Galaxy Trucker, I think, was very informative. So that's our that's our most recent one. But like I said, we're out every week with three new games. So lots to uh, lots to listen to and lots to help you make a decision as to which game will be first next for you. Awesome. So um, I want to thank you both for coming on my show. Um, Thank you for having us. I absolutely. We'll have to do this again, um, and I'm gonna for just sure. force my way onto your show at some point uh, <laughs> down the line uh, because I'm a, definitely because I'm a brute. Yeah. I'm a brute like that. Um, but I, I but I'll bring you stuff to review. I mean, that's just hey, how the I, world yeah. needs brutes. Brutes yeah. make stuff happen. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, I, I, what would what would the LARP group be without the brute? Yeah, yeah exactly. without brutes, that, that'll be yeah. me. That'll be me. I'm just yeah. the big. I'm just the big stupid meat shield. That'll be me. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, with that said, thank you so much for being on my show. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure my audience appreciates you guys' perspective and experience um, because we, you know, everybody needs help getting their family game on. So, um, yeah. folks listening, I thanked them. I, I thanked my guests. Now i got to thank you. Thank you so much for listening to episode 146 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I come to you with hat in hand. I'd like you to do me one favor. And this is a, I ask this favor every once in a while. Um, everyone who's listening knows one person that would love to hear this show. Um, maybe they like podcasts and they've never and they're not really into board games or video games yet. But maybe you think they'll be interested. Give them a listen. Maybe they love board games, but they've never listened to a podcast. But they're down with audiobooks. Give them a listen uh, or give them a link. Spread the word. If everybody that listens to the show, kind of. Shared it with gently. Don't be aggressive. Come on. But shared it with one person. <laughs> um, I, I, some of them would stick because some people tell me I'm likable. Um, I don't know what they're thinking, but whatever. So um, we get the and, – and just a bigger audience means more stuff. You know how podcasts work. So please uh, do the thing, um, and we would be appreciative. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about video games. Specifically, we're going to have that Fortnite conversation that uh, I was supposed to do last week, but I just was sick as a dog. Um, huh. And after that, this is an early spoiler. I am interviewing the starting punter for the Washington Redskins. Oh, he's a, he's <laughs> going to be on a board game podcast, folks. You might wonder why, and you know what? I'm not going to huh? tell you until next week, um, because Ooh. that's what they call a tease in the business. So, um, <laughs> okay. so that's it. Two weeks of programming. One fortnight. Next starting punter from the Washington Redskins. So, um, thank you very much. Celeste and Joe, you guys are great. 
Thank you. And oh, we, I, I had a blast here. Great. Well, then we'll have to do this again. Um, yeah. I, you know what? Let's just let's try and find some time to get all five of you on with me, and then we'll just do something real stupid. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> just super dumb. We're we're always up for stupid. Yeah. Let's just do something yeah. completely stupid, and we'll pull my producer. Silly. Not too. Dis- yeah, destructive. John will absolutely yeah. hate me, but it's fine. We'll be okay. I'll buy. I'll buy him. So, we're gonna say sorry, John. It'll be fine. We'll preemptively say sorry, John. So, right. everybody out there, I do hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you next week. Um, until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.